0: In a world of uncertainty, one thing is for sure, cancer doesn't stop during a global crisis. On Saturday, June 13th, the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, LLS, will host a trailblazing event, Big Virtual Climb, sponsored by AbbVie, to support their investment in groundbreaking research to advance blood cancer cures and its first-in-class patient education and services including financial support and clinical trial navigation. So step up to take cancer down by climbing 61 floors or 1,762 steps inside or outside, on stairs, on the road, or on your treadmill, climb your way. Join us for an opening ceremony and then take on your climb with our heart pumping playlist. Join us on June 13th from coast to coast as we come together to climb, conquer and cure register at lls.org slash big climb plus minus tim kawakami deserves all the credit plus minus that is a word right there what'd you say plus minus marcus thompson marcus always tells the truth Plus minus? The only thing that I would say to Ethan Strauss is that he's a pretty damn good reporter. Um, he's well plus respected. Minus? I think he got the highest plus minus in a season in the Welcome to another episode of Warriors Plus Minus. We have decided to escape the current climate and take our minds back to 2018. It was May 28th. It was about, what, 6 p.m. local time, maybe 7? <laughs> <laughs> We're going to Game Seven, Western Conference Finals. Warriors Rockets in Houston, in the Toyota Center. Tim Kawakami, our boss, is on. I remember he spent five hours walking through the tunnel in Houston. That was I Anthony remember that Slater. tunnel so well, so well. <laughs> Anthony Slater is on with us. Uh, Simpler wrote times. He all the great stories. Yeah. Simpler times, right? Ethan has ducked. I'm sure he spent all night protesting in Oakland mm-hmm. and he's tired, so we're going to let him get his rest. No question. No question. Slater, I want to start with you because you, I was reading your pieces, man. You were on it. You were on it that series. You were right. Oh, some wow. Stuff. You, uh, went, you,
1: you? Went, you went back to the, the athletic vault. I just watched the game.
0: <laughs> nah, no, nah, I like to I like to read the story. That's what the real stuff is. The game doesn't tell you anything. You got to listen to us.
2: It's a
1: good right? strategy.
0: I never really thought about it. Forget yeah. know, the know, I, game, Kawakami. Just tell <laughs> them, just read us. You don't even need the game. Go the back game and
2: reread those stories. Yeah, that's a great. It's a, I mean, I actually thought about it this time because I, I, this was, by the way, this was the first series that Ethan wrote for us. So it is interesting. You know, like that was a big moment for our company and for our coverage of the Warriors. But. Also, I thought our stuff, just remembering it at the time, was all of our stuff was really... It was an important series with a lot of different layers to it. And our coverage, if you're going to want to figure out what the layers were, you have to read all of our coverage because it was pretty damn good. And I think it was a... It was a pretty good moment for a company. It was it was a huge moment in the history of the franchise. So I'll just sell it that way. And yeah, I haven't gone you, back you and read all the stories, I remember, hey, read, that. I remember reading every story and going, "Wow, this is it. This is this is what you have to read." And I'm saying that disassociated myself from it, just saying the stories were. I can't, Marcus. You make a good point. I should have gone back and read the stories. I just remember them being great. So
0: so Slater, set us up. Take us into Game Seven. What what, what was happening?
1: Oh, well, um, so that season, I think it's kind of the forgotten moment late in the year. But remember, Steph Curry suffers a bad knee injury. Um, JaVel McGee. JaVel McGee, baby. It was like the Zaza KD version of that season where he just kind of stumbled backwards. JaVel a little bit clumsily right into uh, Steph Curry's knee. And it was a pretty bad MCL strain, uh, sprain. It knocked him out through the first round. He missed the entire first round, I believe, what, game one, maybe two games of the second round? Against the Pelicans, I think he came back. Game two, second round, um, they beat the Spurs in five. They beat the Pelicans in five, but it didn't feel like the season before. No, um, the
2: Pelicans series, especially, was a little yeah. weird. Yeah, it was definitely some things going on.
1: You, I mean, and you got to remember, late in the season, they, so Steph. Is out um and you could start to they there was they got blown out by 40 in Indy and that's when Kerr popped off and KD kind of responded to that in the locker room. You could just kinda if we were to trace the beginning of the end for Durant, it would be late in that regular season into the playoffs and just how it felt around the team. And that leads up into the Houston series, which um Houston's the one seed. Remember this was the first time game one we were on the road. Yeah. I can remember being like, we're in Houston for game one, this is interesting. Um, they won. What, what did Houston win that year? Like 65 games. Like they were unbelievable. Um, and as as far as lead the lead up to Game Seven, Warriors actually had control of the series early. Um, before Andre Iguodala gets hurt, gets the spider fracture in the knee, they're up two one. Um, and he gets hurt late in Game Three. They blow Game Four at home, so it's two two going back to Houston. And then you have the Game Five where Chris Paul gets hurt at the end, but wins it for Houston right before he gets hurt. So then it's the three two setup. Game six in Houston, uh, or game six back in uh, Oracle. Warriors go down 17, blow them out in the third quarter. That sets up the game seven. No Chris Paul, no Andre Iguodala, but in Houston. Uh, and Houston goes up early, which we'll talk about. But I say that's probably kind of like the setup to it.
0: You know, that what, what I definitely remember, remember game one and Houston, Houston had The home court advantage. They had a a better regular season and there felt like there was some vulnerability to the Warriors. And then game one, like Kevin Durant goes off and kind of dominates and Houston makes the switch. Uh, And they, they, they put Chris Paul on them and made them, made them far more uncomfortable than, than we expected. Uh, This game was where we didn't know who was going to be the guy for the Warriors. Like that was the, it was kind of questionable. You didn't know who it would be. Uh, Clay had a good game six, but of was it going to be Steph? Was it going to be KD? Like there was so much uncertainty on the team at that time. And was was this this? I think yeah, this was the series where Steve Kerr went around and was saying we're going to win this.
2: Oh yeah, that was when they're down. We're going to win this. They were, yeah, down, they were three, down three two.
0: Three, two. And we were in the locker room, and in, in Toyota he, Center. In Toyota Center, they 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 lose Game Five, right? And he's going around saying, "Yeah, we're gonna win the series. We're gonna win the series."
1: Well. What, you know, one thing I remember before that was the start of the series was the fever pitch of Durant isolation ball against yes. the Warriors, right? Remember he, yeah. he went what you mentioned, he went off for like 38 in game one and they won and it was like, wow, KD, so unbelievable. Then he goes for like 37 again in game two, but they lose because the offense at key moments is like stagnant and it was like, it was when there was this... Full tug of war, which included the Warriors fan base, which as, as we know, Kevin Durant is very much you know involved in the conversation, um, and it was just this tug of war of like, how should we play? Yes, he's unbelievable, but this isn't the Warriors, and um, to me, that is kind of like this, you know, the the lead up to to what you're talking about. They're down three two, in Houston, and, and Kerr is doing what you're saying he's doing.
0: So, uh, TK, you were doing the coaches thing, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There
1: was stuff. I, going, I mean, they go, they start the series
2: small, right? I mean, we, you know, again, it seems inevitable, but it was a deal. Of, you know, they they go Hamptons five to start the series. Like that's it, as Kerr was saying. Like that's why we have these five guys, the player best best five guys, uh, and it was working. You know, to to be switch everything, even in game seven, which we're gonna get to, it, the switch and everything. Drives the Rockets a little crazy, you know. You see, you look at the the offensive output for the Rockets, who what they probably averaged 115 on the season, and they're going under 100, under 100, under 100, under 100. Uh, that stuff mattered, you know. The Warriors having similar size players who could guard everybody, Draymond just guarding anybody, uh, flying all over the place, was really, really important. And you know, Kerr would spot. A center in there, Looney in here a little bit. Jordan Bell, by the way, we'll talk about him in game seven. Jordan Bell spotted in there because he could guard, he could switch. Uh, and it was interesting these little maneuvers that were happening here and there. Uh, and you know, who who's guarding Harden? Who's you know, who's going to get this tur- those turns? Uh, and again, we'll talk about it in game seven. Guess who gets Harden for a big chunk of this after Clay Thompson gets in foul trouble? Kevin Durant. Durant. Yeah, he was and, good and, on him. And I think Kerr oh, – and that's one thing I forgot about in all the craziness of last season is Kerr really believed this, and it was true. When you gave Kevin the toughest defensive assignment, that lit him up the other side too. Like He loved that. That meant, you know, the finals against Cleveland. He's got Durant, and he loves that, and he turns it around and uses that energy offensively too. And I think that helped get him over that Game 7 up, and he talked about it. He was, and There was some mental – uh, fuzziness for him in this series and in the series before. And he talked about it. And I think giving him Harden was like, go, okay, let's see what you got. And, I mean, I think Harden was tiring out anyway. But, man, shooting over that 6'11 frame and when you're tired and you're carrying the offense, you shoot, you're shoot, you chucking 23s a game, uh, that warmed down. It was interesting little chess maneuvers throughout this series and we saw them all kind of click in in game seven. The one interesting one was how – the Rockets
0: were just so determined to go after Steph Curry. And it was like, Harden, get him in pick and roll, go at him, go at him, go at him. And I I do think this was a series where, you know, obviously James Harden is James Harden, but I think it hurt the Rockets that Steph held his own. Steph was solid defensively, and they expected to really just bleed the words with that matchup, and they couldn't. They could... They they could they you know they could have some action, but eventually they had to go away from Curry and started going to Looney, <laughs> right? It was like let's get yep. Looney in the pick
2: yep. and roll all the time. Jordan Bell, I saw a lot. Um, you know, they also want to get Stefan Fell trouble. I mean, and it,
1: it and it, it worked this... for a
0: time. What a game one, I think. Yeah.
1: Well, I remember writing before the series one of the things that, because they had played right before Steph hurt his knee in the regular season, they had played, and at the end of the game they had gotten Curry switched on to Harden like I think it was something like six out of the last seven possessions Harden scored a bunch including like the game clinching three and like that was the confidence meter of the Rockets going into the series as they were going to drag Curry into switches and Steph is coming off the knee where you still don't know how he can move laterally and yeah that was like a big story going into the series like how can Curry hold up uh and he did I would say
0: let's pause to tell you about Manscaped Manscaped is here to make sure you're well-groomed above and below the belt. Manscaped promotes clean hygiene when it comes to shaving thanks to their lawnmower 3.0. Manscaped is forever changing the grooming gang with their Perfect Package 3.0. This third-generation trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to prevent manscaping accidents. Shaving is about to be nicked free thanks to Manscaped's advanced skin-safe technology. So get 20% off and free shipping with the code The Athletic at Manscaped.com. That's M-A-N-S-C-A-P-E-D.com. That's twenty percent off with free shipping at Manscaped.com, and use code The Athletic. And for a limited time, subscribers get not one but two free gifts: the Shed travel bag, which is a thirty-nine dollar value, and the patented high-performance anti-chafing Manscaped boxer briefs. So go to Manscaped.com today and use the code The Athletic.
2: And, and you just—I yeah, mean—you just saw Draymond, especially. With- was just shading that way no matter what so whoever he was guarding was going to be open a little bit and you saw you know in in, in game seven i mean there were some openings for some other people but they, they weren't going to have hard and get free run on anybody whether it was switched on to looney switched on to staff even straight up uh there was a strong shade especially with i mean you got to remember chris paul's not there so that's the, you know, if James Harden, James Harden was 70% of the offense, Chris Paul is 20% of the offense. So you take 20% off, you flood James Harden, then you got 10% of their their active offense going. And Capella was good in Game Seven, I mean, really good in Game Seven. But there was only so much, yeah. There's only so much Clint, yeah. There's only so much Clint Capella can do against you offensively. Uh, and if you're relying on him, I think the Warriors would take that bet every single time.
1: And you'll remember that, like, some of the story was how how well Draymond was playing center field on that Capella lob. I mean, you're, you're correct. In this game, like, if we just watched this game, which we did, Capella was actually pretty good. But uh, Draymond really, both of the Rocket series last year, too, he really shut Capella off on the lob. And remember how much that, like, just, that was such a storyline around the Rockets, right? Yep. Like, why isn't, yep. Cape- you know, we paid him $20 million. You know, we need more out of him. He's getting outplayed by Kavon Looney. Um. So, yeah, and that's a lot of credit to Draymond.
2: Yep. Again, Capella 9 for 10 in this game. Probably four lob dunks, but... um, His best minus, Yeah, I mean, it's by far his best game. He, I mean, I was right, I think at the time that they, they can't play him, but they had no one, you know, who are they going to play? Nene, you know, Ryan Anderson, and we'll we can get into the Ryan Anderson eight minutes and one second of game seven. Played, but, so, uh, yeah.
1: played so well that Steve Kerr hacked him. He hacked Capella and got him out yep. of the game a couple yep. times.
2: Yep. So, it, it, I mean, it just you see the familiar pieces these teams by this point are so familiar with each other. that The pieces are, you kind of know, oh, what they're like bed buddies, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know what you're going to get with the matchups. Uh, it was just fascinating to just see that Warriors coaching staff and go against the Houston coaching staff, go against these, you know, again, it's the Warriors luxury is even with Iguodala out. They've got three guys who can guard James Harden. They just do. And they could swing, Draymond over there, too. So it's essentially four guys who can guard James Harden. And that puts the immense pressure on all the other Rockets. Eric Gordon, you know, Trevor Ariza, Gerald Green, whoever. And they really believed that that was going to get the Rockets at the end. They, re- they believed two things. That they were going to wear down Chris Paul, and we saw what James happened. James Harden, too. yeah, And Dan James Harden, too. And by putting that kind of pressure on the rest of the guys... It's similar to what Toronto did against the Warriors in the finals last year, right? I mean, you just say, it's this guy's not going to beat us. And, it, and I don't think it was, to, it certainly wasn't to the extent that Toronto did it with Steph with boxing and all that. But it was it was felt that way. And that if you make Harden four shots or make him pass, it was going to, in the end, break the Rockets. And it took to the third quarter of Game 7 for that to happen, but it did happen.
0: Well, one of the reasons it did was because the Warriors had, we, we learned of their... I guess Achilles heel in, in that bench. And in the previous season, they were so dominant at, at the top and they just blitzed everybody that it wasn't a factor. But this is where it became a factor. Uh, yeah. Quinn Cook gets in that series and it's in game five and he gets the shot. He gets the, he gets the shot and he put it. It's surprising that he was even in there. Like Kerr went with the rookie over, uh, uh, Nick Young, right? And but we just didn't know who they were going, we didn't know who they had, we didn't know. And Steve Kerr didn't know who they could rely on on that bench, so that kind of felt like a bit of an equalizer for the advantage the Warriors had. It's just that they could kind of turn around and a little bit do the same thing, and the Warriors just didn't know where it was going to come from. Uh, it, it ended up coming, but they just didn't know. Uh, in the first quarter. James Harden is hot. And one of, one of the, uh, knocks against Harden is that as the series goes, he fades. Um, but when he got going, <laughs> I think he was like yeah, 14 points in the first quarter. I think he had a couple threes and he was just cooking off the bat. It just felt like, uh, oh, maybe Harden has figured out the matrix, right? Like, remember that Slater is like, Oh man, maybe Harden has figured out the matrix. But you know, TK, I think you said this when Gerald Green came in a game. <laughs> It's like, yeah, as long as Gerald Green is playing, they're in trouble.
2: That's you talk about the bench in the Houston's bench just went kaplat. Oh, yeah. And absolutely. And the Warriors shorten the bench. They're basically playing eight guys. Kerr's not playing any center. So you have David West, Ozapachuli, and Javel McGee all not playing in game seven. But the, the, the Rockets had no one else they could go to either. And Gerald, if you got Gerald Green flying around and taking shots, I think the Warriors count that as a win every single time, even if he makes one or two. Uh, they'll, they'll go with their guys. And, you know, maybe Nick Young throws one in, which he did. You know, maybe Jordan Bell has some good minutes, which he did. But they still have, you know, we look at the minutes in the Steph Curry 44, Kevin Durant 44, Draymond Green 44, Clay 31, but it would have been 44 if he didn't have three fouls. Uh, you know, they just went with that. The, their top guys... And a little bit from their bench, you're going to be better than anyone else's top guys. And a little of their bench. And Houston tested it as far as it was going to go, but and and went up what 45-33. And we we're going to skip a little bit. Went up 45-33 in the second quarter. Some of that's just because Clay got those fouls. That third one, I remember at the time. Like, are you? Like everyone could see it three seconds before it happened. Like, what are you doing, Clay? What are you doing? Boom, foul James Harden. That was old Clay to, go to the bench with three fouls. The one thing I too bad Ethan's not on this is all my memories of this are a little skewed because Ethan and I, if you guys remember, had to sit in the hockey press box, and so we're way up there. We're so removed, so everything just feels like I was like watching from a spaceship in that game, and uh, so watching it, I hadn't watched it on TV since at all, and I don't even know if we had much of a TV screen up there. So this it feels like I kind of watched the game like fresh. Because I have no vivid recollection of like the emotions of the players' faces or anything like that. Because we were so far removed from everything, and like the clay, the clay thing. Like watching it again is it like, man, that that was two fouls and what a minute, and then the third one about three minutes later.
1: Yeah, it was like eight yeah. seventeen of the first quarter yeah, or just, something. Just, he had three, and it was. Yeah. I mean you don't of have any buttons. He,
2: he waves off Kerr when he's got the two fouls. That's okay. that was that. No, I'm good. Okay. I'm good.
1: <laughs> and Kerr believed it. Yeah. Yeah. Well the well the weird thing is Klay doesn't foul. It's like yeah. one of his like best defensive skills is he does it. And like you said, this wasn't like a controversial third. He like barreled into the guy who you you know, you think Clay Thompson studied a little bit of James Harden over his time? It's like you know this is James Harden's game. 817 17 of the first quarter of a game seven with no Andre Iguodala behind you. Uh, and yeah, he barrels into him in his third foul. And, I'm, you know, the thought at the time isn't, you're not going to see Clay the rest of the quarter. I was like, you might not see Clay the rest of the half. Yeah. Um, but yeah. it is a game seven. Kerr, knowing that Clay, you know, you could trust your defense, even though he trusted him one time and it burned him, you could trust your defenders, particularly ones who have proven they can defend without fouling. Plays him almost the entire second quarter with three fouls. Uh, and Clay, I think, had like, 12 points just like clay was huge in the second quarter if Kerr doesn't make that risk and if clay doesn't play safe and not get the fourth yeah. uh like that's a huge moment because you know they would i know they were down 11 and a half but no clay in the second quarter they might have been down 20
2: yep no question i mean it, it, he, he waved him off once and he couldn't trust them, but he had to trust them for the rest
1: of the game once he put him back in he had just, to he
0: had, had to yeah you he can't had, he didn't just, have anybody yeah. behind clay either exactly. there's nobody yeah. there Livingston yeah, was pretty good and
1: <laughs> and like like Livingston's the guy that subbed in right away and like that again is like you know the small benefits of having a guy like Sean Livingston is that he's you know positionally versatile and he, he can, can defend least.
2: he can defend yeah and, and get you in the offense take some of the you know with Steph playing 44 minutes somebody's gonna have to take the ball up a few times somebody is and, and Livingston did that and and uh, you know you know that's it. You know, Nick Young, you know, I don't think anyone, and they played him 16, 17 minutes, but I don't think anyone was thinking, we know what we're going to get at Nick Young. We That's the thing,
0: though. Him. They needed Livingston to be behind or at least spell Livingston. I mean, to at least spell Curry. So they yep. needed somebody else to spell Clay, yep. but he ended up yep. having to do both because they just didn't have the option. When did you think they were in trouble? or... When when did you think? Let me start getting this. Uh, the dynasty is over before yeah, the, it starts. The, the,
2: the tweet I tweeted it. I think right before they go down forty five. Because like, I, mean, I think it was a couple of Kerr time like big timeout. They're down twelve, and then another timeout. They're down twelve again. You know, after some some bad stuff to, you know you know Kerr does it to stop the crowd a little bit, and I think it might have been 45, 33 It's like I think they're in trouble. And I, I know they came back from the big deficit in game six, but that was at home, and you got James Harden going. You I don't know who's going to make a shot here. At that point, they're giving up, you know, turning the ball over like crazy and giving up tons of offensive rebounds, which they did all game. And I I still don't know that they had the energy. And maybe, you know, they get it close. We always know they can get it close. I just didn't know that they were going to have enough to beat, get back from a 12-point deficit in Houston with things seem to be rolling for the Rockets. I I thought they were in real trouble at that point.
1: Yeah, the sequence I marked down is right where Tim's talking about. It's, uh, they're down forty. 633, Clay is at the free throw line, misses both. Uh, and then Dr- but Draymond gets an offensive rebound. And he tries to kick it out, and he like throws it like a perfect in stride. James Harden steal. And James yeah. Harden goes down and hammers a dunk in, yeah. which like, you know, you very rarely see James Harden really sky for a dunk. I mean, he can, but he just usually typically saves his energy. Uh crowds going crazy. They call timeout, they're down 48-33, down by 15. Um, I even when I saw that moment, I remember that moment it as it's like, uh oh. Um, but, you know, and then they're down 11.5. It's not like they just had like a. You
2: know what I remember also, though, like, is, you know, me and my guys who, who I think teams can really expose. That's right about when D and Tony put Ryan Anderson. In I game. was <laughs> just going to say it. Yeah, I was like, I yeah. was I was gonna like say what it. is he doing? I think I tweeted at the time, like, what is he. Like, this is not the time to mess around with Ryan Anderson. The immediate response yeah. Slater, They he was right. He got the dunk. James Harden was
0: so high. Like, that was like so many Warriors frustrations were exercised in that dunk. And then Steph comes down and what does he do? Pick and roll Ryan Anderson. Like, boom. <laughs> it yeah. was like, boom. boom, yeah. that's the time you need to get him out of the game because, duh, where is he going? Steph hits yeah. the three and it's like, I mean, it could have gotten to the point. It was right there on the brink where this game was done.
1: That's the best and, the Houston crowd has ever been. Oh, it was oh, rocking. Yeah,
0: yeah, and was, yeah. and Steph comes down, gets Ryan Anderson to pick and throw, pick and roll, and hits a three. And it's like you can just see in that moment the Warriors are like, all right, yeah, I mean, if we just stay close, <laughs> right, yep, if we just stay yep. close. And I don't know why Ryan Anderson plays so much. I have no idea. It, it's one of the biggest gaffes an opposing coach has made this entire time because yep. he literally got Steph going. In that again, quarter, I mean, it on.
2: happened again in the fourth quarter. I think. I mean, it's just, it did. Yeah, it's. Yeah, <laughs> I just, I just eight Ryan Anderson eight minutes one second. 0 for O, one rebound, minus twelve and three fouls. It just that was the guy who he gave them life. Like you put Ryan Anderson in the game, you give the Warriors life because that's the guy. You know. they'll they'll attack hard and they'll attack whatever but ryan anderson was you get ryan anderson on steph curry that's three points for the warriors and you just get them in a rhythm you get them flowing and i mean i don't i think Nene was healthy enough to play i don't think he was good but you could have played him you could have played whoever you could have played pj tucker at center if you needed to get capella some rest but i remember at the time at the time going i have no idea what d'antoni's doing here this is not what you do when you're up on the warriors when you're trying to kill them this is not how you do it you have to try to squeeze them with the people who are beating them you can't put somebody out there that they're just going to go on a run against and ryan henderson was that exactly and he put him back in there again in the second half um you know maybe, maybe the warriors win this either way but I, when, don't know, when, but when I don't know. When Ryan Anderson was out there, that's when I went. I think the Warriors might win this game because <laughs> Ryan Anderson is getting minutes for the Rock. It
0: was it was so Steph hits the three. The Warriors get a stop and they go in transition and Clay gets another three. It's like vintage Warriors basketball, right? Against the ropes, down, back to back threes from Steph and Clay. Uh I think it was Capella got another dunk after that. And then KD hits a tough shot over PJ Tucker. So now KD K, uh, KD's involved. So the next like like when they're on when they're on the ropes it's Steph, it's Clay, it's Kevin Durant which is basically the dynasty right there, right? That's that's yeah. the unfair advantage they have is when they have dudes who could punch right back. And they did it immediately. Like at the moment we thought Houston was going to win the series. Steph three, K th- uh, uh, Clay three, KD mid range, and then they're back in the game. Like <laughs> it, it
1: was, it's, yeah. it's
0: really Warriors basketball like that.
1: The the context of this is also uh, the third quarters of these series. Um, this is how it had played out. It's how it played out in game two. I think the Rockets were up like yep, seventeen. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, the Warriors game three, entered- right? Yeah. No game five, I think game three too, because I looked. Um, the the heading into this game in the first six games, the Warriors were plus fifty combined in the third quarters, and we'll get to it. But they go plus eighteen in the third. They ended up this series in seven games as a plus sixty eight in the third quarter, um, which you know we've always known as that was like you know their uh, signature was the third yeah. But this was runs. like the
0: peak of the phenomenon. This was on right? steroids. Like, this is yeah. on steroids.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and and so even when all this was happening, when we're saying we kind of felt like the tide was turning to Houston, they're up 15, they're up 11 and a half. The, everyone in the building it was, knows, like you remember, it was like "Let's way to third quarter. quarter. Third. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: let's see. Yeah. We'll know. But did you did you did you think it would happen? Because also happening was a little tension on between the Warriors. Right. It was they weren't in the most harmonious
2: place. yeah no. uh, Oh, gee, I wonder who that was focused around. Man, it's, it's that, is that
0: Nick Young? Fo- <laughs> no, it's Nick Yeah, uh, everybody was. I got a up question.
1: Was him. this. I, I can't remember the exact game it was, but I remember it was a playoff game in Houston when Steve Kerr has the TNT. It's the, he was really mad at TNT afterwards, but they oh, played. The, yeah. This, yeah. Um, they no, played I don't a, think yeah. I that I might have been game two when the isolation yep. tug of war yep. was at its best. Yep. But yep. When you, you know, remember?
2: Talking, his conversation with, 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 uh, with Duran about Michael. Yeah, yeah, about George Michael trusting. Yeah, I his I think teammate. that was game two. Yeah, I think that was okay. game two.
1: But that's still like yeah. you know that's in the background of all of this when we talk about just like no question the tug. No question. You know because the the team was so unhappy that TNT aired that which yep. you know as we talk about how the NBA can maybe make its playoffs interesting. Um, yep. You know, micing players. This is a reason why coaches hate being miked. Yep. yep.
0: But 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 that there was there was something there, and it was that. I mean, it, the, the the blitz from the Rockets that had them down forced them to, like, come together on the sidelines. Like, mm-hmm. they, like they all want to win. And at some point, it felt like they were going to lose. And I remember them talking about it. Like, they had to get it together on the sidelines. And being down 15 in the second quarter of Game 7, like, everybody's feelings kind of went out the window. I mean, we didn't know this live, right? We are watching it. We didn't. It wasn't like they got together half court and put all hands in. <laughs> but in hindsight, this is what they were saying: like they came together on that bench, uh, you know. But they weren't together. Like there, there was there was some friction there. So we just didn't know if they would be able to survive that. But I, I agree. I remember that specifically. We gotta wait to see the third quarter. Like yeah. you that, know, that's that
2: like, I'm never always exactly too clear on what that means when you know, offensively, what does that look like when they're going well? It means they're scoring, but does it mean Kevin's putting up a lot of shots? He's not putting up a lot of shots, you know, it kind of went, but it's one thing I was very sympathetic to him about is what did it mean? You know, if you don't score 30, that's good. If you do score 30 and they win, it's good. If you don't score 30 and you lose, that's bad. And like, what did they really want from him? I, I guess it's just move, right? Move the ball, move your body. Don't just, demand the ball in a certain spot, stop the offense. But then if you do that and you make the shot, that's okay. You know, there there were some interesting little complications there, but I, I guess it meant move your body, move the ball, move your body, move the ball. That changes the way the defense has to react to everyone else. And as Steve always did say, uh, and, and for the last five seconds of shot clock, just give the ball to Kevin and let him do something. That's kind of what we it's our offense for the first, you know, twenty seconds of the shot clock. it's Kevin's offense for the last four of things bogged down. And he did a couple of those, by the way, in the fourth quarter, where it's like, uh, Kevin, go do something. And I, we know you got PJ Tucker on, you're Trevor Reza, but just go ahead and shoot over him. And and maybe that was the perfection. Is like, do your you know, Warriors do their stuff, and then if things bog down, Kevin, do your stuff.
1: You know, uh, you know, it was the remains kind of uh, maybe the underlying story of this game, and I, you, you knew it was going to happen when we turned on the tape. But it's stunning to watch. Was uh, the twenty-seven straight missed threes? Yep, yep. It's ooh. Um, Some of them were Warriors really shouldn't have won this game.
0: The third quarter was brutal, though. It was. Honestly. It was. Un- yeah, it was yeah. a lot of. It was of blown.
1: Blown defensive assignments, open threes, yep. P.J. Tucker in the corner, Trevor Ariza. I mean, yep. you could say that's that is a team that is tired at the end of just a, you know, emotional draining series. Um, but, you know, again, in a rewatch, like if this Eric is Gordon. even an average math game for yeah. Houston, they win. Uh, even Eric though they Gordon lost.
2: had two air balls in a row uh, that were not that tough a shot. And, and we know he's a good shooter. Uh, you know, with Ariza, I'll say this is a guy who loves defensive players. Sometimes you pay a price when you pay when you play them because they're not you know like if you if you had Draymond shoot nine three pointers, he probably would have missed all of them in this game. It just happens that way when you put that kind of pressure, and that's why the Warriors talk about two way players, two way players, two way players. Ariza not really a two way player. He's you know one point two way player. And it really, really got exposed in this game. Uh, I think I remember one thing I was writing going to the series is it's amazing that Ariza's plus-minus against the Warriors' his career was just unbelievably bad. And you would think he would match up pretty well against the Warriors. Good defensive player, can hit the three, three and D, run, whatever. I guess he's just on the floor a lot because he has to be against great Warriors' wings and when you're on the floor against great wings and you're not as good as they are, you can get roasted. And he got roasted in this game. Absolutely roasted. And I think he was a pretty good player. But this game, a reason Gordon especially, were just abysmal in the third you quarter. You can't talk just about abysmal. Gordon Slater. His well, favorite he, player. Eric Gordon? Who are you arguing? I,
1: I'm trying to remember. I don't even remember. <laughs> Fred Van, Van Fleet, I think. Fred Van Vliet, that's right. Oh Fred Van Which, better than Eric Gordon. <laughs> One thing I will say is your argument uh, has aged well. It, lo- it looks You're better, better now, than, now, right?
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah Fred Van going to get a bit like a $70 million deal next summer. So, or this summer. whatever's what summer are we in? I can't, I don't even know where we are.
1: Well, I, you uh, know. This is the summer of
2: 2025, but. Yeah, okay. well,
0: I
1: wish it was at this point,
2: but.
0: So uh Slater, the third quarter is a bit of a barrage, right? They <laughs> the Particularly Warriors Particularly late. Yeah, There's- right. It's it's Ryan Anderson and we we definitely see I know I remember Ethan wrote about this, the whole uh the pin down Steph drives, yep, kicks yep. it to the outlet, it was uh Looney and it was George Jordan Bell.
1: They were doing the Zaza stuff.
0: Yeah, doing the Zaza stuff. And Steph runs to the corner, hit it. Steph did that twice. But it's like they—they, they, I think they were. It was either tied, and it's Steph Iso top left against Ryan Anderson, and it's like how many, how many times do we have to watch this? It's unbelievable that they were doing that. You know, Steph is gonna hit that drive step back three over Ryan Anderson, but the, the Warriors caught fire, and Houston did the absolute opposite.
1: Can, can I go on a side tangent quick before you guys talk about the, what, what I thought was a really good Steph Curry moment uh, late in the third? Um, the, the the big guys um Kevon Looney's really skinny in this game you, you i mean I, honestly i noticed that tip off you know he's i'm like geez, looney um it's cuz of the season we just watched and i went back and looked at his stats and i'm looking you know 80 games uh played in the regular season 21 in the playoffs 66 in the regular season 21 he played 188 games combined in two seasons and was really good he was like their best center um and that's just like I don't know maybe my mind is too much in the current when I'm thinking about that I'm seeing Looney who I just like can't imagine playing 20 minutes a game for now for like 80 games in the regular season and then a long playoff run and then Jordan Bell this is one of Jordan Bell's best signature games as a warrior yeah. um it's
2: plus se- plus 17 in 16 minutes
1: you know it, it in our minds at that time we were thinking you know at this point you know in 2020 in 2021 the Warriors had a really good one-two combo at center. Like, Looney is, like, kind of the sharper, smarter, on his feet. You know, start him. He's going to play well with the defense. Bell's the energy guy off the bench. The Warriors have their center rotation in the future. And now we're sitting here in the current, and it's like, Looney has a big contract, but we don't even know if he'll ever matter again in the NBA. We don't know if his body will hold up. And then, you know, Bell's basically out of the league. He got, you know, bounced around to two teams and then got cut by the Grizzlies. It's just... I don't know. It, it was just strange to look at the centers in this game.
2: Yeah. And, and you know, in a, with two teams that basically are making centers almost, you know, obsolete. It will certainly, the Rockets are right now. Uh,
1: JaVale and, and, and Zaza got DMPs. Yep.
2: And David West, by the way. Like, they had three of these guys. Yep. Who didn't play? And Damon was Damon Jones still on the team? Was just heard or something? Yeah, this know. is when they yeah, had, had six centers, that. so they had four centers. Who centers of play. attention, Slater. Yes, this was this was the centers <laughs> of attention series. Centers with no playing time series, but you know it, it's Draymond's playing a lot of center, no question, and. You know they're they're mixing and matching. They're just trying to you know pull guys out to to give them three or four minutes that won't be terrible. And Jordan Bell gave them those minutes, and it was interesting to see him play very well. He did play well. I mean, he did some dumb things too, but that happens. In,
1: in, in but there was a time second. we really thought they found like an absolute rotation piece. Yep, no question. They for thought a while. it too. They thought so and so
0: too. did the Bulls. Yeah. <laughs> the Bulls fan base, right?
1: Remember he blocked six Bulls shots, did the money sign at the Chicago bench. And then yeah. I remember two weeks later they go to Chicago and the Bulls crowd is wearing 3.5 mm. million jerk and they mm. brought it into the locker like, you know, there was some radio station there. They bring it into the locker room, and they're like handing Jordan Bell out the shirt. Ritter's like, no, we, no get out of here. Um and it was just Jordan, we thought Jordan Bell was like an absolute find. Yeah, like like we do with Pascal now.
0: Most of our listeners are in and around the Bay Area. What better way to promote your business than through our show? Our listeners are loyal and engaged, just like you. What better way to advertise your business than on your favorite podcast? To advertise on this show, Words Plus Minus, just go to www.theathletic.com slash podcast ads, P-O-D-C-A-S-T-A-D-S. There you can fill out a very simple form and we'll get back to you right away. So go to theathletic.com slash podcast ads, theathletic.com slash podcast ads. Do it today and start promoting your business on our show.
2: Yeah, It does kind of show you the limitations of guys who can't shoot like you better just really be good at everything else or most other things because nah you, you got to be great if, yeah if you can't <laughs> shoot and your other stuff wears out at all you're out of the league and if you can shoot and you're well Ryan Anderson why was Ryan Anderson even because he could shoot now he didn't shoot in that game but like at least you can carry that through if you can't shoot and i mean these are going to be questions with Draymond going into the rest of his career it's really tough if you aren't really good at, and if you aren't really sharp and smart and going to the right spots. Because, man, you know, when Jordan Bell is good, incredibly intensity but it's a plus. When he's not good, he kills you. He just kills you. And he especially kills the Warriors. Like, it just plays in the kind of way that Kirk could not deal with. And we saw this is Jordan Bell at his best. But he still didn't shoot the ball. And when he, when he does anything else starts to falter. He's out of the league. Like at what is he 23 years old now? Whatever he is, out of the league cuz he can't shoot.
0: So, Houston goes 7 for 44 from 3. Mm. And at the time, I remember the 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 kind of the question mark was, do they shoot too many threes, right? Now it's like ridiculous, right? Everybody's taking 50 threes, but if the you know, this became the dialogue especially when they missed 27 in a row. And from the Warriors on the other end, it's like the three got them back in the game. And then the fourth quarter, it's Kevin Durant 101 mid, like high post, mid range area, like going to work. He ends up getting, I think like 12 points in the fourth quarter, Mm -hmm. uh, 11 points in the fourth quarter. Uh, they, they kind of pull away from the three point buffet and it's, it's about like getting, they needed a guy who get a bucket. And this was the like perfect marriage of, the Warriors and Kevin Durant, right? This was, if you if you're drawn it up, it's the explosion, the explosive offense, the pace, the threes. And then when a the game gets slow and you need a bucket, you got probably the greatest bucket getter of all time in Kevin Durant. And it worked like a charm in game seven. On the other hand, you got a team that really had no other option but to jack up threes. I think this... This kind of defined the legacy of both these teams in the sense, even though obviously Chris Paul and Andre Iguodala wasn't there.
2: Yeah, I was going to say the one guy who could get twos and did get twos. In Got this a lot of twos. Yeah, he was good. Was he was good because he could absorb that contact, get to the lane, get to free throws, or get the bucket. And, I mean, and he, he, he made a lot of shots. Yeah, I mean, his shoot, bugged, his, yeah. per, his
0: efficiency in this series he was closed, crazy. He,
2: he closed the games. He was their closer, and it was a you now again Iguodala is a huge loss for the Warriors too, but. When we talk about that in-between area, that that was Chris Paul. And, you know, being able to manufacture, if Harden wasn't going to do it, and he what clearly... if Paul
1: doesn't get injured? Yeah, I mean... and, and you know,
2: The same thing, is, is Iguodala healthy yeah. or is all hurt? A, if all hurt. hurt and Chris Paul's healthy, oh, the Warriors lose. They, they lose the series, I, 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 I would guess. You know, I mean, two big leads in six and seven. Do you think Chris Paul would have helped keep that lead? I think he would have at least one of them. All right, look, I got it. I get it. But when has Chris Paul ever done that? Yeah, but he had James Harden. At but his when does he ever sudden, close yeah,
0: the yeah. series? When does he
1: ever be
2: like, all
0: right, but, this series is on me. I got this.
1: Remember, he hit a game winner on like a peg leg, you know, over the Spurs. Yeah. It was a huge moment. Yeah, it was
0: a, it was a, yeah, it was it's about it Game on the line, got the ball in hand. I, I, I'm, I'm not. I'm just saying, it's not a lock that it gets no, to it's that. It's not a lock. I'm just There's also Kevin
2: Durant on the other side. Like, absolutely. I'm just saying, when they're up 17 in Game Six and up 15 at home in Game Seven, I think Chris Paul, if Andre is out again, I'm saying that if yeah. Andre is out at the same time, I, I think the Rockets probably find a way to win. That game. I give you know, it. I
0: give them a 60, 70 percent chance to win.
2: Yep. <laughs> you know, and again, like the Warriors get. Some got some important baskets. They but they made seven free throws in this game entirely, all by Kevin Durant. Uh, Steph does not get to the line. Draymond does not get to the line. Klay's zero for two. L- Looney's zero for two. No one else takes a free throw. You know th- they were having a little tough time manufacturing that kind of offense too. So you know it it wasn't exactly like they were so much. They, listen, they just had better players who were making shots, and the Rockets just started bricking like crazy and couldn't stop. But you know, it, it was also because of good defense, maybe not on some of those wide open threes that the Rockets missed, but, I'll, you know, it's the, it's the Warriors pressure on them that, that tired them out. that got those legs heavy that made the shots tougher. And those should be easy shots at home. Right. I mean, we've always I've always like shots like that should be really easy at home. They're tough on the road, but. Man, I mean, 0 for 27 at home.
0: I mean, there's something about seven. rising to the moment. Like, Chappie is right. Like, I, that's what I'm saying. If if Chris Paul is there, it's a harder challenge. But I don't know that that doesn't make the Warriors players play better. Like, I don't. This is what we've seen it from them. We saw it again yeah. in the next Not year, either. right? Like, Not with either. down, no Kevin Durant, right? They got Chris Paul and James Harden. They had an even worse situation and what do they do like like some players just rise to the moment and some don't I I didn't mean they're not great but we've just watched this series over and over so
2: I would just think I would say I'd say having to defend the Warriors great offensive players wears you down on the other side too and as part of the thing I'm talking about a reason but Eric Gordon's having to chase Steph Curry around uh, with especially with Paul out and you know Gerald Green's got to guard Clay Thompson and you know these are not easy things and i get that and then that's part of the warriors greatness is that they have guys that are guarding you on their side and they're coming back and making you guard them and they're a little bit better almost every single time and and certainly in this game seven it was it was they just had more and they didn't miss the shots they had to make and the Rockets missed them over and over and over again. I'll just go Eric Gordon bricking those two threes. I just thought that was like this is a team that can't handle the moment. That this can't is not ready for this. Doesn't it's not a terrible thing. It's a tough place to be in. But you're at home. You have a lead. They should not those shots should not have looked as as scared. As tentative as they were, and, and there they were, and they just had, and the Rockies just had, had nowhere else to go to. If Harden hopeless. wasn't gonna wasn't just gonna go drive in the great gonna go go the lane and absorb all, and it just looked like he couldn't do that in the
1: second half. The the Durant finish uh, that you mentioned, uh, Marcus, it was. It kind of reminded me of like a running, like if you have like a Derrick Henry and you got the lead in the fourth. Um, just they were milking the clock. They were getting the, the basketballs
0: down. ground and pound, huh? Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
1: Like you had the explosive, you know, middle of the game offense that you know you took the ten point lead in the fourth, and now you're just milking the clock with them. Um, and remember, this was a this was a um, pretty. We thought at the time it was a moment where Durant had advanced to his, like, next level of being a warrior. I remember yeah, he, no he closes question. it out. Yeah. I think, I don't know if it was Tim or Mark, one of you two had something about how he, like, told Bob Myers on the yep. plane back. Like, yep. I yep. feel like yep. a warrior now. We thought yep. it was like, okay, like, Dynasty's really on now. It felt like it was teetering maybe in the New Orleans series. And, at the and then he go hits
0: another three in the finals and everybody's, like, celebrating him, right? Yeah. They hit another big three. Just, we thought this was
2: it. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, well, it was like okay, you won one. You need you needed in seventeen. You need to win another one to feel like okay, I'm really, really in with this. Uh, and then it still wasn't enough. And I think you know this was the Warriors thinking, okay, Kevin, this is it. Look at look at what you're doing. This is great. And they come to the end of it, the second title after this Western Conference Finals, and then they sweep the uh, the Cavaliers. And it's still not enough. And I, I you know, you can see what they're thinking. Well, what it's never going to be enough. There's never going to be a satisfactory moment for you here if you don't feel it after all this. And. Game seven was really when Kevin was saying it after. Like, I was yeah. in a tough place mentally. I had to get out of it. I had to get back in this moment. And I feel like, you know, my teammates encouraged me. I talked to Draymond. And, and this is Draymond talking to me. I'm Tim Kawagami. Afterwards, saying, yeah, yeah, you know, Kevin has gone through some things. But we all gather around him. And look what he did. He delivered for these kind of moments. This is really where, you know, Duran is. A, this is where he's showing who he is. And it didn't happen. I mean, they said these things. They felt these things. They just didn't happen.
1: Yeah, there were several moments like that over his tenure with the Warriors where it was like, okay, you know, we've solved it. We've solved it. It's fine. And then yeah, weeks later it wasn't. So,
2: and I just want to add here like Curry was great in this game. I mean, he just I and mean, five turnovers, was a little sloppy, but man, was he
1: good. The end of the third quarter, he won the game. Then, oh, yeah, yeah.
2: You were you were going.
0: You were about to say something about that. Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, I mean, I think what he hit, like, three threes in the span, and yeah. they were just like... It was... The Rockets were sitting there, you know, no defender in sight, and they're just lining up these absolutely pristine threes, and they kept bricking them. And then the Warriors would get the rebound, like, throw it up. Curry would catch it from, like, 28 foot out, just, you know, 22 on the shot clock, and he's just flinging these threes in. And it's like, how deflating is that? Like, you're getting these prime shots... And Steph's taking like you know, Reggie Miller kept going like that's not a good shot, but it's Steph Curry. Um and (laughs) Reggie Miller. (laughs) Yeah, Reggie was having a great time. Something
0: about Reggie Miller telling people what a bad shot is. is It's funny. I know.
1: Reggie was having a good time in this game. He was.
0: Yeah, Steph finishes with 27 points, 10 assists, nine rebounds, four steals, a block and five turnovers.
2: Rebounds were really important, by the way, in this game. They were huge. Like nine rebounds all on the defensive side the Warriors were getting knocked around on the offensive glass uh, and Steph's in there grabbing those rebounds. And I, I think he had more rebounds in the series than Durant had. It just, it's just Curry. We forget something. I mean, I shouldn't say that it's like, it just does get overlooked sometimes how consistently, you know, w- the level of play he brings. He doesn't make his threes all the time. Nobody does, but, in some of these moments, you keep, going. You know, I'm just hit we go back through these we we watches and just how important those that little the two threes by Curry in the third quarter, the three threes in the fourth, the two threes in the first quarter stem the tie. It's just constant. Clay comes and goes. Draymond's we know Draymond's defense is going to be there, his other things. Shot doesn't, you know, not always there. Durant, you know, we're talking about it. it was he was a little Mercurial. He didn't really know what the whole thing was built on with Stephen Curry. And it used I know it, I've written it, we've all said it. You, but you go back over these games, and this one was not that long ago. This is two years ago, not even two years feels ago. It feels like
0: an eternity, It though. feels <laughs> like a t- you know, like
2: we don't, we haven't seen this player, and so he's not there anymore. He's still there, but we just haven't seen it in this moment, and he's, a, he's just an incredible player, an, an incredible player upon which all this was built on, and if the Warriors really, really had to make it, it wasn't a decision, they we knew what they were going to do, but if they had to say it's built on Stephen Curry or Kevin Durant, Watch this game. Watch all the other games. It's built around Stephen Curry,
0: and and the unique part about this this game and this series is like he and what makes I think Steph great is it, he literally is whatever it takes. Like there were times in this in this game and in this series where it just wasn't about him shooting. He was setting back screens and trying to play defense, all right, and trying to, like, they, he knew they were coming for him. He knew they were trying to punk him publicly. He knew if anything happened, it would be like it would play out on social media, yep. right? And he's like, all right, I'm taking it. You know, he tried to take some charges. He ended up going down. He got dropped a couple times, but he just kept getting up and playing defense. And then when they needed him to score, he scored. And when they needed him to distribute, he d- distributed like, he
2: really he
0: really does do the whatever it takes to win. And,
2: and not to sound like a ridiculous Steph better homer here, but stuff that James Harden won't do and and hasn't done, has never done. And, you know, it's and at some point, I'm sure Steph cares about his reputation, his image, but he cares about, you know, the, the point is to win basketball games. Yeah, he knows winning you know, will trump all that he, stuff. Exactly. I mean, that's the most important. He doesn't have a finals MVP. It's okay. Uh, I'm sure he'd love to have one, but he'd take the three titles. And... If, if it never meant winning MVP and if he could get another title and that's the point I'm kind of making about people getting pissed at Kerr for not like supporting Curry or making him run these picks or what you know what all these things so I said that's the stuff that you guys get pissed off and you make fun of Harden because the Rockets bend their entire franchise to James Harden's will and they do it to please James Harden and they have to and Daryl Morey has to compete you know make a campaign for his MVP status every single season and call him the greatest offensive force ever, even better than Michael Jordan. Curry doesn't need those things. And that's what makes him better. (laughs) That's why it's better. You don't want your franchise to have to bend itself to burn its reputation of its best player. You want it like Tim Duncan. You want it where this is about victories. It's not about arguing on social media it's not about a hashtag on so it's about winning basketball games then jordan was an entirely different thing we know his ego was so huge we know that he dominated everybody but the stuff that he said at the end hit me too it's so what it's a it's about the end of whatever the seventh episode wherever it was it's about winning and if you hurt people's feelings whatever you do it it's about winning now steph doesn't hurt people's feelings it's a different way but it's about—he hurts the of those love who his, love him. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like a, there's an essay right there. It's an essay. You know, it's it's not about making sure that James Harden's listed number one on the next ESPN poll. It's not about that. It's about getting just doing the stuff that makes your teammates better and then it makes you better. And we see it here in game seven. And you know, again, wow, a Warriors podcast, people who cover the Warriors saying Steph Curry's great, but I'm just saying this is just illustrated once again. In a game seven victory against James Harden, who didn't do the stuff that Steph does.
1: I wanted to do, uh, say one more thing about this series uh, and this rivalry, I think a little bit. Um, you know, I think as the years will go on and people look back at, you know, the Warriors Rockets, the thought will be it was just kind of this three point shooting fest um, where, you know, the. The D'Antoni math against the greatest shooting backcourt ever, and it was just you know bombs away, 120, 115. This was a defensive grime fest of a yes. series. Yes. Um, the Rockets the last five games, 85 points, 95, 98, 86, 92. Didn't get over 100 in any of the last five games. Won two of those games, so they held the Warriors under those point totals in two of them, um, the, I think. Uh, obviously the war you know the Warriors defense shows up big time the Rockets defended really well in this really? series and remember the-
0: remember KD talking about PJ Tucker's elbow in the locker room that's he's like man that yeah. dude
1: is so strong at yeah. the series and Trevor Reza he was always so complimentary he thinks Trevor Reese is one of the best defenders he's uh, played in his career. Um, That's a pretty
0: good compliment if KD's yeah. saying
1: that, right? Yeah, and I've talked to him about that before. So, um, and, you know, they were just, remember the linebacker, their linebackers were soccer players, comment by Kerr. Um, it's just, I think that just gets lost. Like, and and the other thing is Houston's underrated. Um, yeah, yeah. Y- you know, because think about this. They played two, you know, great series, and at, at different times of both series, in all of our minds, Houston turned into the favorite at some point, right? It, we could say it was when they were up 15 in Game Seven at home. In this series, the next series it would probably be when Katie goes down with the injury in Game Five. We think Houston's probably going to win this series. You even you know, there were a lot of people saying when it was, they were down three two, but there was no Katie. And there Clay no got winning. hurt.
2: And, and Clay didn't Clay miss a game? And yeah, Clay missed a game. No, in Clay Clay
1: missed. It. That was Toronto, um, where Clay did the hamstring. Okay, I thought he,
2: I thought okay, he didn't fly to Toronto. Whatever that was. Okay, I'm not mixing up all these injuries, but. Yeah, I mean, Houston, Houston, with 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 Chris Paul and James Harden was was a badass team. That, that it's, was, um, yeah,
0: badass. I know they flamed out. I know it didn't yeah. end well, but. We're not looking at the Reggie Miller Pacers as some trash squad. Like, there's no shame <laughs> oh, in wow. losing.
2: Reggie Miller Pacers were the greatest team. That's in what I'm saying. We don't.
0: That's what I'm saying. We don't look at them that way because they lost. There's no yep. shame in losing to yep. the Warriors, right? Like, yep. I, that's yep. what I'm saying. Like, people will look at the Rockets team and say, "Oh, they couldn't win." I know some of it has to do with how they lost, right? It was, it's, it, there's, they, they're combustible, right? To miss 27 threes and for Harden to get all these turnovers at the end, like. It doesn't look pretty, but there's no shame in losing to a dynasty. We don't look yep. at other teams that lost to a dynasty as somehow like not good. That the Rockets had a really good stretch of teams, even before Chris Paul. Like, it's there's yep. not that it, it's not there's no like it's, it's just not a bad thing. It's not an indictment on a team to lose to a, a team loaded with all stars. They were really good, they were a worthy team. A foe like that. And they they push him to the brink more yes. than any of the other no teams. Question. No question. No question. That, that's cra-
1: it's, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy.
2: More than any other team that didn't have Kevin Durant or LeBron James. But, you know, in, in a – I was comp- talking and,
1: more Durant era. Yeah,
2: exactly. Well, definitely in the Durant era. No question. Definitely in the Durant era. You know, to, the fact that they could be that team against the, 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 the players the Warriors had assembled is is immense. And they, they had a lot. They just didn't have enough. And there is no shame in that, and and the way they played matched up very well against the Warriors, except for just a few minutes at a time in some of the most pressure situations, and that's not a slight on them. Although maybe I slighted hard in a little bit, in my little mini rant there. But again, that's what makes a team great, doesn't? Yeah, he's just not perfect. Yeah, it yeah. just
0: means he wasn't enough to overcome that. And yeah. look, this wasn't just the, the 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 closeness of the competition wasn't just on the court either, like. The Warriors front office, the Warriors coaching staff, they didn't feel like they were about to steamroll no the Rockets. No. They felt like they had certain advantages, but we've seen them in series like, yeah, we're gonna win. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We've seen yeah. how they can be when they don't believe a team is a legitimate threat. They they knew they they were watching the Rockets. They were making moves for the Rockets. They were coming up with schemes for the Rockets. You know, they they had to be on their A game. So it was it was it was up and down, like Steve Kerr had to worry about what Mike Dantoni was bringing, Bob Myers had to worry about what Daryl Morey was doing, and in the end, they win. So it looks like Houston's always chasing, but I don't know if that's the most accurate version. And I'm glad you brought that up, Slater. Histori-
1: yeah.
2: historical Slater, historical Slater. Don't, don't, slate, always, don't, slate yeah. rockets. anyway, he, he's
0: um, just positioning himself to get on a documentary. We know what's up,
2: <laughs> the Daryl Morey documentary. <laughs> 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 the
0: Daryl Morey documentary
1: produced by Daryl Morey, produced by
0: Tillman, not Tillman. No, probably not. Probably not, uh, probably not Tillman.
1: I'm a Tillman for
2: Tita reference without Ethan on the show. How is that uh, possible?
0: I know, right? What are we doing? Ah, any final thoughts on this series? What it meant long, like, like now that we kind of have the whole picture.
1: I just gave mine. <laughs> yeah, let's
2: just uh, really, really side note, but you know I get irritated when people complain about the officials, when especially when Warriors fans do. And we know who they hate more than anybody, Scott Foster. Scott Foster called himself a really pro Warriors game in this one, folks. Game seven on the road. And he's not calling these James Harden bump fouls when, you know, at the three-point line a couple times. Uh, and it was purely Foster's call at that moment. I just like would like people to absorb this a little when they're complaining conspiracy and there's oh Scott Foster is put on this game to make sure the Warriors lose. He's officiated some of their biggest biggest wins. Well, remember playoff.
1: this is the uh, this is the series so. They would play again the next year, obviously, and then there was the controversial game one where Harden wouldn't get any of those bump fouls, yeah. and yeah. that's when Morey talked about how they had the internal memo well, or like well, research that was about we this don't, series.
2: We don't know that it was Daryl Morey, by the way. Oh, it's, okay. a, it's an anonymous source. <laughs> yeah, not let's not, let's say there was some whoever spot. the source was.
1: Been. Whoever the source was, I'm going to go ahead and guess that the uh, you know the the math done on how many yes. points that yes. the Rockets yes. lost was probably yes. a Daryl Morey. Production. I was thinking
2: about that on. on some of those closeouts where he's coming down he's getting bumped and not getting the call he got a few of them but he didn't get all of them and just when you know just just understand that this goes in an ebb and flow and it's not a conspiracy against the Warriors and I, I know even the Warriors players have said some of these things privately but and I've talked about about them. It's like, hey, you've won a lot of games. So how? What conspiracy is against you here? And you're pretty good for the league. Conspiracy ain't
0: failing. This conspiracy is failing. If if it, if it, there yeah, is one. Yeah, it's a right? bad
2: conspiracy. It's a horrible conspiracy. I mean, but it's good.
0: also a rite of passage to play basketball, complain about the refs. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right? No question. It's, like, it's it, happening it. at every gym, yeah. every part. I don't mind. And again, <laughs> I just, I
2: don't mind refs getting ripped by coaches and players. You're in the in the heat of it. You're in the moment. It's emotional. I just don't like it when fans use it as an excuse for everything that ever happens bad to them. And it's not. It's like you just got to go play. And the Warriors went out there and won this game on the opponent's floor, whatever the referees were going to do. Uh, And that's how the dynasty happened. It's this stuff.
0: (laughs) TK's final one poignant moment is to lead the Scott refs along. Foster. Scott
2: Foster. <laughs> He's caping for Scott Foster. Me and Scott Foster. Me and Monty so, McCutcheon. Yeah, Come yeah, on, we're, right. we're pals. We're pals.
0: I, I watch this game and I revisit this game, and I'm really kind of miffed at how this team didn't stick together. I mean, one thing that really jumps out in the stories and just looking at it is – like this really felt like a team that unified that kind of found itself in Houston right they they had the worthy foe to challenge them and that usually brings teams together right they they had like even even on the last dance when when they finally get past uh the Pacers. Michael Jordan is as giddy and as happy in that locker room. He's like he's like walking around. He's got this incredible respect for Steve Kerr, you know. It's all like it's just like he felt a part of that team and it wasn't like he was oh I, I mean he he obviously was Michael Jordan, but he felt like he was on a team. I, it, it reminded me of that watching this team. It's it's a little bit confusing like how we got from this to where where we ended up, uh, it's it's a
2: little it's really confusing. I feel yeah, like, but you know, i was go gonna ahead. say you know what was this this the signal was about two weeks later. Yes, the championship parade. Two weeks later, yeah, you know, yeah, championship parade. No, are any of us writing? There's tensions. There's problems. We're saying like there were tensions, and they're through it. And then they get to the parade, and it's just like they start broadcasting their tensions on. Live television, uh, like here, let's let's joke about it, but not really joke about it and make but, everybody really, really. Yeah, awkward. and we
0: know we know what we're joking about, right? We yep. <laughs> we're, we're letting it out. It was just crazy that 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 was happening, right? Mm-hmm. Like after that series, after that, you know, this is what they talk about. Oh, we battled together blah blah blah, and they and they did it. Like the first season, I get it. They sixteen and one. There wasn't any competition. This they had to fight for, and nothing bonds a team more than this. So. Uh, it, it, this really made me thinking, like, wow, like this thing really ended, because <laughs> they went from this to ending, which yep. that's kind of a pretty dramatic downward dissension, like, or yeah. you know, well, they had one more,
2: there. they had one more season where they could have won. Uh, and, and didn't because of injuries. But but
0: we or, or, saw yeah. this was coming apart. Oh, no no it was coming. No no it was coming. Yeah
2: yeah it was coming. No question. It should have been, that should have been the high point, and it was the beginning of the descent, and and it shouldn't have been like that. And again, I, I go back to that parade as just being the the, the weird evidence of that. But um, if it wasn't going to happen after then it gonna the 18th, so, yeah, it was just yeah. wasn't going to happen, and it was meant to be a three year thing, and you know I think. That was the process of last season. The mental pro, like, oh, wait a minute. He doesn't really want to stay here. He has his own reasons. They had to go through that. They had to yell at him. One of them had to yell at him for a little bit, and he had to be mad at everybody for a little bit. It just was that process, and, and it, it should have in in everyone else's minds, it should have been fine because of twenty eighteen, because of the summer of their accomplishments, but it just wasn't. And the following season was the working out process of it, the breaking up that they still could have won a championship. You know, they're, they're still even with all the were, injuries. Yeah, yeah well, there's even with all the injuries, it's, it's going down to the end of game six for them not to win a championship. And if they get to game seven in Toronto. I'm giving them a shot to win that game, even Absolutely. with Clay and Durant out. Absolutely. So uh, it's just Cook hits five threes. Quinn Cook right right. goes. Mm, who knows? But it just it took a year for everyone to process it, including them, and it was really awkward. And, and it shows how great a talent assemblage it was that they still almost won it while they're processing everything. All right, what an episode. Uh, we hope that was
0: a, a good break for you from the reality that's outside your door.
1: <laughs> quick uh yeah. housekeeping on, yes i would agree with that um warriors are now back in the facility um yep. starting june do we 1st. know which players were there slater i just heard some young guys no. um and you know pascal P- Pl- plot pascal pool probably would be the two I yeah think. probably i get so I hold on slater you
0: weren't it. you weren't there you weren't in the building you didn't like no. weasel your way in. <laughs>
1: uh, uh, anyway um and there should be a decision uh this week on exactly the form of the playoffs that are to come and the, again the expectations warriors won't be a part of it but now that they're back in the gym they should be able to have some type of summer program and potentially like a little mini training camp type of thing or has eventually. anyone gone
0: home yet or is On everybody home yeah
1: what What do you mean
0: like players have they gone to where they're gonna be in the offseason or were they sticking around yeah
1: i mean like a lot of like i know molder was in canada and yeah. like yeah they, they've allowed all the players they basically write in the weeks after the shutdown happened, they said you can go somewhere, but when you go there, stay there. Like basically choose where you're quarantining. It's here. It's wherever you want. That's why, you know, Steve Kerr went to San Diego, Mike Brown, New Mexico. It's just, um, but now they can call people back.
0: All right. I'm not coming back. TK. I'm, I'm going to stay. So. I'm going stay quarantined.
2: You stay, stay safe there. Marcus, you stay safe
0: until next week. Uh, be safe. Uh, we're out of here.